Welcome in to a final uh, review edition of the West Life podcast. The season is over, West Tigers fans. Thank you for joining us for one last review of the West Tigers or of a West Tigers game for the year. But we'll keep going uh, with episodes for the next several weeks. So we've got lots of things to talk about that we're lining up. A few ideas. Uh, us boys are discussing to do as we go through uh, the rest of the NRLW season. Uh, Looks like the girls probably won't make the playoffs in that one, but lots of West Tigers stuff to discuss. I'm sure plenty of news will drop as the off-season keeps going because the West Tigers just can't stay out of the media despite if they're not playing football games. So um, thank you to everyone who's joining us on the YouTube streams on a Sunday night Uh, We keep chopping and changing the times from uh, this will be our last uh, weekend one. I promise we're going to go back to Wednesdays for the next few weeks. Um, Just doing Wednesdays once a week, a little catch up, a little West Tigers catch up. So um, thank you for everyone joining us on a Sunday and happy Father's Day to all the fathers as well out there. I hope everyone had a great day. At Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, please give us a follow on there. And on those profile pages, you'll see our Linktree link, and that give you a link to how to find everything that we do, our YouTube uh, page, our uh, all our podcast pipes, our website, all that fun stuff and support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife. And um, yeah, it's Father's Day. So we'll go to the dad, the uh, the most experienced dad of the group anyway, uh, Mr. Bashara coming in from the Red Room. How was your day? Uh, did you get to see the whole, all your Bashara boys today and have a good day? Uh, look, uh, yeah, I did. G'day, Aaron. Uh, happy Father's Day, Josh. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Um, and even to the mums that do both jobs. I'm granddaughter uh, too. Sorry, Rob. I've got you got uh, oh, sorry. granddaughter. You got got uh, you got uh, more than just got a grand on the way. Not here yet. On the way. On the way. It's on the way. Yeah. On the well, way. Yeah. Come way. You know, the yeah. All things being well. Uh, yeah. Got caught up with my boys for lunch um, and mum and my wife and everything. So yeah, we had a had a great afternoon. Overindulged as usual. I uh, got to see the second half of the girls' game, which was good, and I got back in time to watch the last NRL game. Missed the missed the first one that was being played, but yeah, had a late lunch at two o'clock. And uh, yeah, really good day. Uh, before we go to ads, Carla said you can't see me. Yeah, my camera is just deciding not to work. No idea. Technical issues, as always. What you come to expect for the quality of this show? For some reason, I just couldn't get to. Um, yeah, get my camera to turn on. So that'll mean absolutely nothing for those listening on the audio. So, um, but yeah, sorry, sorry, Carla. I didn't do my makeup. That's the real reason I didn't put my face face on tonight. One man that doesn't need makeup, Aaron Thompson coming in, got his hoodie on, freshly back from the NRLW today as. Uh, close, Josh, AFLW. <laughs> what did I say? NRLW. Yeah, I, I didn't I, go to the Goldie today. My, my mouth can't even say the words AFL. It seems. <laughs> well, g'day, Rob. G'day, Josh. G'day, everyone who's watching or listening. Happy Father's Day to both of you, gentlemen, uh, this you. evening. Happy Father's Day to all the the other dads out there, including 
my own still recovering in hospital. Hopefully you're out soon. Um, yeah, I'm just relieved the season's over. Um, it's nice to have a, some other teams I can support in other codes. Um, it was exciting for me personally, being there live um, to watch the Swans AFLW girls get their first win in their history at the in the first round of their second season. So that was a nice, exciting afternoon for me. A very close, tense game. Are the Swans in the finals? Is how much I like know about AFL. In the men's, yes, they are. They finished eighth, and they're off to play uh, Carlton at the MCG on Friday okay. night. That's just I got them in better, so that's the, the the emotional attachment to the AFL is uh, is gambling. So that's the beauty of gambling; it can make you love absolutely uh, anything. Uh, speaking of things we don't love, we're going to go to news first. Um, so. The only real bit of news, really, and that kind of comes out of the game on the weekend is this whole end the Pasco fiasco uh, reboot that was at Brookvale on Friday night. So uh, they went all out with the signs this time. The one at the Dolphins game was just um, yeah, a bit of spray paint graffiti style on a, on a bed sheet, it looked like. These ones are full-on printed, um, proper, looks like they've gone... A nice, uh, what font would that be? It's a font without serifs, so very easy to read from a distance. The one saying, and the fiasco, and, and the Pasco fiasco, uh, fans deserve better, and then Pasco equals wooden spoon. So, um, yeah, we've got a, a clip here before we vent our spleen on this. Uh, we've got James Hooper on Triple M this, was it this today, Rob? Or yesterday? Yeah, today. today. Um, kind of summing up this whole thing with a couple of clips of him and uh, we'll, we'll discuss it from there. If I just try and get them up, uh, where is it? Here it is. Any players it is, the one constant has been this bloke has had the steering wheel. At what stage does he get asked some hard questions? <clears throat> but what about... The chairman, he's the major sponsor. Is that a conflict of interest? Well, some people, certainly I know retired Tigers champions who feel that it is. They don't like that. They think it's a bad scene. I can understand. I respect Lee because he does put his hand in his pocket. And I I know that that he does genuinely care about the club. He wants the club to have success. But as we've seen from some of the decision-making dating back to when Pascoe grabbed the wheel at the end of... 2016, they they don't know what it looks like. They don't know how to get there. They've come up with this brilliant five-year blueprint, dining with media at Grappa Restaurant in Leichhardt. Like, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you can't. You should. I've actually played the last clip, so the first one there. I really should number them, but the, the point still uh, stands. Rob, not sure why Hooper... His uh, the foot's clearly on the Pasco throat, not so much Lee's though. Yeah, it's interesting. I think he, I think he respects Lee for the fact that he comes out and faces the music, no matter how mm. bad. Uh, look, I'm, I, I'm actually more, I'm just as impressed with forty supporters going to Brookvale to cheer the team on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone the, I didn't see the signs watching the game. To be fair, no, I didn't uh, notice it. No. Uh, I only noticed you know, when I saw stuff on social media after the game, look, we've beaten this to death. 
I'd love to talk footy, which we will talk footy. Not that there's much positive to talk there, but uh, look, he's not the only guy that's got to go. But uh, it would certainly be a start. And, you know, we, we want to go into this new era, new freshness about us. And, you know, now Tim Sheens has gone. We've got Benji taking the helm. But, you know, we've still got all this stuff going on with... I, I don't think these guys are going to go myself. I know um, Brent Reid has said that he believes there's going to be change, whether it's through via Pasco or others, excuse me, leaving the board. But, uh, yeah, I'm not holding my breath, guys. I'm, I'm over it. And a bit like Aaron, I'm glad the season's over, which is quite sad because I never thought I'd look forward to a season being over more than last year. Mm. But... I think last year was worse. I've got to be honest. I think last year was totally hopeless. I felt a tiny bit of hope in the sense that Sheens and Marshall and Farrah, et cetera, were, were the unknown. I mean, admittedly, the, the odds were stacked against them, but at least the fact it was unknown, we don't know what was going to happen. But last year, the way we, you know, Sheens ripped the carpet from under us with the sacking of Maguire, throwing Kamali in there with no experience, not giving him a hand, saying that he's going to help you know, ready Marshall and Farrah to be his assistants. It was just one of the most awful periods of watching footy. And, you know, the boys have had a go this year. I think, you know, a few guys had a go the other night, but as a unit, we were awful and we kind of pulled up stumps. And I think they were just looking forward to the holidays, guys. There's not too much positive about the other night. Uh, a little bit more here from Hooper. The Dolphins, but there was, yep. a, there was a sign up there and it was a hand painted sheet. Yes, that said sack Pasco. You yeah. know, you know, and well, then end the down. Pasco fiasco. That's yep. that's their big catch cry. So, uh, a couple of blokes I know actually went up and spoke to them. They were at Brookvale again on Friday as the club lined up to get flogged by the Seagulls to finish the season. And they've actually got this brochure that they're handing out that says, "Dear suffering West Tigers fans, the fact you are here today shows you a true believer." Come and join your fellow true believers for our End the Pasco Fiasco protest at the end of the hill. We'll be staging a one-minute protest at the seven-minute mark to express our disgust at Justin Pasco's performance as CEO of the West Tigers over the last seven seasons. Then they, they went on to come up with a chant, and it finishes with End the Pasco Fiasco. Right. So they're pretty staunch these supporters, supporters. Their members, rightly so. They're members, they're fans, they're upset. They feel as though the powers that be at the club and the chairman, Lee Hadjibantelis, is... Didn't he say that they're powerless? Conceded this. Yeah, well, well, well I, I put it to him a couple of weeks ago. Are you and the board and Justin Pascoe koala bears? Are you protected species? Because it feels as though nobody... like the, the, the zero accountability in terms of members or fans being able to implement any sort of change. And he said, well, in a sense, yes, we are. So... Well, how, do they, so how does he get rid of it? How, how does he get sacked, Hoops? What's the process? Well, the, the board would have to decide that they don't think he's doing a good enough job and, and decide to move him on. But if you go back over those seven years, like... Jason Taylor's been sacked. Michael Maguire's been sacked. He was paid out 800000 because the club only six months earlier agreed that they were going to extend him. Um, uh, there was obviously the Ivan Cleary scenario, which didn't end well. Uh, it's very hard to find any positives in terms of this bloke's tenure at the Tigers. Well, well if that's how they're set up... in, in... Uh, As a lot of... Um... As I was listening to that, they talked about discussing chants and all that sort of thing. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about it, and it got in the media um, 
somewhat, but to do this at Brookvale, as Rob said, like, man, it's um, it seems like they could have done this possibly at a home game. So, seems like it was an uphill battle for these guys doing this protest uh, at Brookvale when they would have been a tiny, tiny little corner um, of Brookvale Oval. All I can think is maybe they thought at a home game uh, any sign they put up would be more likely to be taken mm. down. Uh, which so it did like, anyway. <laughs> yeah, which which happened, but that was yeah. for a, a different reason, um, that particular one at the Dolphins game. But, yeah, uh, maybe they thought they could potentially get away with it at a, at an away venue, but um, apparently um, Lotto Land or whatever, they, Four Pines Park or whatever they're called now, um, staff deemed it as offensive or something like that and kicked mm. them, kicked most of them out. So, yeah, I mean, like us, the rest of the fans slash membership base, they've had it up to their tether um, with the, with the fiasco that's going on right now. It doesn't feel like there's any way out of this deep dark hole that we're in. Um, and we all want change and fans are trying to get change. However, they see fit really at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, just on that, I, I I know you've cut it like a sentence short. You know, Hooper's raved on about it. The three of us have raved on about it. Shane's raved on about it when he's been on the show in previous times. But uh, James, uh, what's his name? James Hooper. Graham. No, no, oh, James. Graham, yeah. The ex-Canterbury St. George player. He said the best line shortly after. He just cut it off just as he was about Sorry. to say it. That's okay. But he goes, he goes, the way the board and the CEO look at themselves, like the fact that they're untouchable, it's like they're marking their own homework. Yeah. That, that was exactly that was the line. And I thought that was just so poignant, marking your mm. own homework. And they are protected, you know. Everyone says get rid of them. Four of those members are, are West Ashfield members. So they've, they've got – they're both on the West Ashfield board and the, you know, West Tigers board. So it's very complicated. Uh, as I keep saying to you guys, it's I don't think who's there and how they're there is an issue except for the conflict of interest with the chairman. I just think if the decisions were better, and you can't get decisions perfectly right all the time, but we've constantly made bad decisions. If you get the decisions right, no one would be complaining. You know, like we we go into, you know, like like he said earlier on that clip too, he said we went into a five-year plan with a, a two-year Tim Sheen's going to be coached. Now it's only one year. We've fast-tracked that. Mm. You know, uh, there, there's there's lots of things that we can go on about and, yeah, we're just we're just stuck, and I, I don't know how it's going to change. But look, the season's over. We've I think that the thing they have to do right now is just, as I've texted Lee after we got that you know notice a couple of weeks ago, just get behind Benji, give him the necessary support he needs, and don't stab him in the back because they just seem to go you know down the road of you know knifing their coaches or getting rid of them or, or you know one of them walked out obviously, but. They, they just don't seem to stick it out. And, I, and I, my fear is if we start the season next year in the same way, as I said in previous episodes, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to stick by Benji if we're 0-8? You know, you know, we don't know. And then their track record says that they, when the pressure's on, they'll just push someone else yeah. out. So it's just going to be interesting. And, and by, are you going to mention anything about Tim Sheens' departure, Josh, or have you got mm. anything clipped on that? No, the, the only um, reason I ask is I, I, I want to, like, I don't think it's a big conspiracy thing, but mm. why is Tim Sheens not allowed to talk to the media? It seems to me that he's been paid out mm. his whole contract. And if you resign from your position, you resign. You don't get paid out anything. So yeah. to, 
to me, I feel like we're being misled about why he left, whether he was pushed and, and paid out his next year's salary, which we suggested they do a few months ago. But but even that whole thing doesn't make sense. And I don't want to accuse anyone of exactly what's happening. I'm just, you know, hypothesising here. And But it just makes no sense that he's been hushed up. If he, you know, I, I think he's hushing up because he's been paid for next year already, but he's been mm. pushed. Yeah. So, and, and I think that I find that rather interesting too. And Lee, but Lee puts it as, oh no, Benji has just progressed quicker than expected. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's just all and, lies. It's just the and, lying. And he said, he said a few weeks ago on um, 360, Josh, he goes, Benji was in always in our long term plans to be head coach. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not true because in 2021, you went after Seraldo as hard as you could. In 2022, you went after Seraldo as hard as you could. Benji was never a plan to be a coach. It was an idea concocted at a lunch at Grapper at Leichhardt. Mm, which you've been so mentioned. I, yeah. so, so I don't know why he says he was always in our long-term plans to be the head coach when he wasn't. Mm. It was just it just went on a whim and it was a great idea because people don't want to bag Benji or Robbie or two of the legends of our club. And it just gave Pasco, you know, Hadrick Pentelis, the board, a bit more protection. And Sheen's job, as we've said before, was just a buffer to the media because he's a good talker. Um, you know, as recently as two months ago, he was saying we can still make the finals. Like, that's the sort of shit we've been fed. Mm. So, anyway, it's it's over now. We, we've got an, another year next year. I don't know how, how much of that's going to change, but we will just sit and wait and, and uh, pray for a miracle. Uh, here's Benji's press conference kind of segues a little bit um, with this clip in particular. Uh, here's Benji saying basically the whole club need to be accountable for the team's performance this year. Yeah, well, I guess um, it's easy to say words, isn't it? Like to say, oh, stick with us, it's going to be better next year. Um, the proof's in the pudding. That's the truth of it. And it doesn't matter what we say right now, until we get on the field next year and we play, we have to prove that. You know, and I guess the thing that we have been lucky, we've had two wooden spoons in a row and we've got fans still turning up to the game. It's for us. We have signing sessions and the, the, the rock solids are still coming, you know, so um, that's positive, but we have to be better on the field and more consistent and get it right because if we don't, well, it's going to be another long year. Uh, so, Nofa. Um, yeah, Aaron, any thoughts on that from Benji? He's 100% correct, first of all. Um, everyone can sit back and say, well, it's going to be better next year. The only way is up, blah, 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 blah. But the proof really is in the pudding. Um, we as a fan base want and deserve to see change and improvement in a team that's now won eight games out of um, 48 games in two seasons. Like, that's that's not success. That's not sustainable. That's not what the players would want to be doing. That's not what the fans want to see. Um, yeah, they, they, they do have to be better on the field and it's going to start this, this um, off-season and pre-season. Uh, and here's Benji mentioning uh, management as well. Being honest, I just thought we'd been hanging on the last three weeks, um, trying to find something to get out of the back end of the season knowing we were on the table, uh, which can be quite hard when you feel like you're not playing for a lot. Uh, but I just said to the boys in there, in a tough season, you have to take away whatever it is for yourself, the learnings, to not be in this position again. 
you know, and there's always something you can do better or sacrifice more or give more or train harder or whatever it is for yourself, find something. And, you know, as coaches, we're not prone to that as well. We, we need to be better as well. So, um, you know, as a club on a whole, we just have to get it right. Yeah. We're, we're all guilty of the wooden spoons, everyone that's involved in it. Um, I guess we all have a part to play, and um, you know, Justin Pacheco is as much to blame as what I am, as, as this bloke is. And as a club, that's where we have to be. You know, we all have to be better, there's no doubt. And that's as far as I go on that. Oh, mate, Hooper getting his uh, question in there, Rob. But God, I love Benji. He just speaks so well and credit to him for for saying that because I don't think we've ever had a coach do that before. Yeah, he was very honest. I actually thought the whole interview was really good. I, I didn't mm. agree with a couple of things he said, but uh, I mean, you I don't know how much more you've got clipped, but he spoke really, really well. He was very calm about it. Um, the two things I took task, I mean, like it's not a major thing, I, when he said Buller saved five or six tries, etc., I, I, I didn't. Too, yeah. I, I thought I thought Buller was okay, but I mean there was a few tries. You know, like first try the bloke just ran right around him. So I love him. Don't get me wrong, and I don't think you know Dream Buller's the standout for well, after Appy. He's the standout for us for the whole year, and what a discovery because we were thinking, geez, we need a fullback. We've got a fullback, so he's an absolute great find. But he shouldn't have to be in a position where he's got blokes coming at him ten times a game. You know, if you if your defence is fair dinkum. So I, I feel sorry for him there. The other thing, when he said, you know, the boys have to take something out of this year and, and find, you know, like sort of do some inner soul searching about their season, perhaps he's right there. But I feel like that's the coach's job to tell them. I think mm. the coach's job is to tell them, look, this is what we did, you did right. You know, individually, this is what you did right. This is what you did wrong this is what you need to be next year i don't think you just let the players just sort of say well you know you got you guys work it out come back better train harder and let's do it next year i think i think you need to identify what they did wrong what they did right all that sort of thing and and just give them what they need to work on before they come back in november or whenever they start training again but other than that i thought his press conference given how upset i was with how he spoke to the press you know three or four weeks ago in new zealand um, he he looked like he'd been working at press conference for ten years the other day, so he did speak very well. Uh, he I'm trying to find the clip where he does actually do that um, that Buller part. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, you know, we want to set standards here um, that we want to be consistent throughout a season, and I thought the last four or five weeks we did that. Uh, today we let that go. Um, obviously, the end of the season was near to us, and it looked like we were pushing our way towards that. Um, but what I will say with this group is um, they have stuck together throughout a tough time. And although we had guys playing out of position, it's never an excuse. Our, our best hooker, probably one of the top hookers in the game, has to play halfback for us. It makes it tough as well. But at the same time, um, we just got to move on with it. And I guess the positive for us is we were able to give a couple of young kids a look into first grade and. I think we had seven or so out there that probably could, still could have played flag this season. So, um, yeah, we've talked about our juniors coming through and that's what we're looking to. Uh, but the now hurts still. Uh, as 
some good points there from Benji. I mean, yeah, Jerome Buller, 2020, what year is it? 2023 will be known as the uh, the year we found Jerome Buller, at the very least. Yeah, and he's going to be even better with a full off-season, uh, sorry, pre-season under his belt next year. Um, it's It was quite obvious that the the length of the season um, and his lack of a, a build-in to it has kind of um, caught up with him. He's, he's slowed down a little bit in his production and what he's putting out there, but I have no doubt in my mind that um, he's a find of the future and he'll get better and better and will be even better next year. And I'm really, and the only thing I'm really looking forward to on Dally M night is um, the, the rookie of the year award, because I honestly think that's a race in three between Bula, uh, Preston from the dogs and Taruva from the Panthers. Uh, might do one more. I do have a couple of clips of Benji. He was so good in this press press conference. I, um, yeah, his press clip. conferences are going to be really good. Like we got mm. a little bit of um bull from Sheen's. I feel at points. Yeah, and just he... boring. Like it's just repetitive shit from Sheen's. To be honest, Benji Benji was just totally honest. Everything he said was like he he meant whether mm. whether we agreed with it or not. What he said is what he believed and. He didn't hide behind anything, and you know he tried to say the right thing by even saying, you know, like it's his fault, it's Justin Pascoe's fault, it's Appy Coruscant's fault. When and then obviously one of the reporters said, well, hey, you know, Appy's been your best player, pretty much. So, but yeah. the, the whole thing, what what he was trying to say is, we're all in it together. You know, there's yeah. no thing pointing. It, it's it's just on all of us to be better, which is is the right attitude to have. Yeah, one thing you say about Benji compared to the coaches that we've sacked is, despite him playing for other clubs in between his times playing for us. Like, you know that Benji 100% loves his club and will put it. And, like, where other coaches might have gone, we'll kind of fuck it, working for this management, blah, blah, blah. You know, Benji, it's he's the club he'll kind of put first. And he, he's not afraid to, yeah, tell his bosses, um, yeah, where – or what what they what he thinks about what what they're doing. So and I mean if if they sack him, that he's got his media career to go back to, which he's awesome at, which he gave up uh, to be coach. So uh, I am um, excited to see what Benji can do. Uh, yeah, with another another off season. I know he's inexperienced in that sort of thing, but as someone said in the comments before, I do think the players are playing for him and you could definitely as you said Rob this year the players definitely seemed more like they were it was just execution this year definitely you can't really last game aside um for the most part I mean the effort the effort was there it was just yeah there a, a range of excuses um agree this year uh I reckon we'll move on um this one and get to the game review otherwise we'll be all night uh speaking all night a place that's open late at night let's yeah, segue kind of works uh west ashfield our major sponsor so um look, there's no men's games to watch i guess you can go watch the girls play when are the girls play next week as uh saturday i believe Saturday, go Saturday. Have some some beers, some pizza at West Ashfield, or a succulent Chinese meal at Walk On as well. Um, big thank you to our sponsor, uh, 
Holman Barnes Group. Um, as I've said in the past, we love the um, the uh, the club at Homebush little venue, nice little boutique venue with a great Chinese restaurant as well. So um, be sure to support the uh, major sponsor of the West Tigers, HolmanBarnesGroup.com.au. Holman Barnes Group bringing people together. Right, on to the game itself. But look, fifty-four to twelve. What is ten tries by the Philadelphia Eagles in this one? Um, some passes were even laterals, as some tries were legitimate of those ten. Yeah, um, the NFL season kickoff uh, came what a week early. Yeah, six, yeah. six, seven days earlier than the actual yeah. NFL season kickoff. Um, it was honestly ridiculous the amount of forward passes that were missed and let go and scored tries off of. I just can't get over the last one right on the stroke of half. The last one in the first half right on the stroke Mm. of half time. And like the way I've explained it to my dad and my brother, you've got the player who was passing the ball, the try line over there, and the player who received the ball before the ball was even let go of was between the player... who had the ball and the try line. So before he's even passed it, he's in an offside position. He catches the ball even closer to the try line. And then he goes over like it was clearly an attempt at an offload um, thrown back to throw, go backwards, but they pull up offloads that um, go forwards all the time. And that was utterly ridiculous. It was nearly three meters forward, honestly. Yeah. Roberto, you um, ruffled some feathers online with um, a couple of tweets Regarding the refereeing on the weekend, and uh, I promised that we'd discuss it. And um, look, we most for the most part agree on when it comes to footy. We pretty much agree on everything. Um, not everything, but I mean, when it comes to the West Tigers, I think most most of everyone uh, is on the same page when it comes to this club at the moment. But um, yeah, you're standing by those comments, and I promised a uh, a civilized discussion on the show to talk about it tonight. But um, I'll let yeah, you have the floor first. Oh, firstly, Josh, I mean, the, the couple of the people that got upset, one in particular that I read, I, I didn't, I didn't fire back, but one basically said, um, "I'm making the show all about me," which I don't know how that works out. I give my opinions on what I think. It's nothing's about me. If I, t- I yeah, obviously I'll say how I feel about certain situations, but I don't know how everyone else thinks. For me, what I, what, I, what I said was poor. I get that. I'm not taking it back because I say the same thing about men, okay? Like I, I bag the male refs and I use, you know, pretty foul words and stuff like that. It's no excuse, but I went from seeing mistake after mistake from the ref. And let me say, firstly, we were never winning this game, okay? Manly were always going to beat us, but it wouldn't have been... 54 points it might have been 30 points we were never winning this game but i saw ridiculous decisions in the first half i saw you know a referee who was totally out of her league could not keep up with the play could not recognize knock-ons could not recognize forward passes and i was quite with my tweeting during the game i was quite civilized and then when that last pass, which she didn't get any help from the touch judge, but when that last Mm. pass went a mile forward to the manly left winger whose name escapes me, he's only been there a few weeks, and and everyone just kind of stopped and it was play on a water to try. I I just absolutely 
lost my cool and I just thought, how does it, how does this happen to us? And it's not a sexist thing. I watched, well, I saw, um, I saw the highlights of Casey Badger's games today and she was outstanding. She didn't miss a beat. And mm. I've just gone blank on who the referee was in the Cronulla game. He was outstanding as well. So the two games today were officiated really well. The frustrating thing for me, and it's nothing to do with the referee or the officiating, it just seems we could do a six-hour podcast on all the times we got ripped off. And even when we're getting pumped by God knows how many the other night, you know, they they looked for, at Appy Pup, uh, Pup, Isaiah Papaliti's try and got it to frame by frame by frame to make sure it looked like it dropped. And then uh, Kapoa's try in the corner, I could just see them. I actually thought it might have even touched the touching goal line, but... I'm like they're going to get they're going to turn this back and they've they've gone over it you know with a fine tooth comb and as I discussed yeah. with Aaron today on the Discord, the part that gets me, I always say that reviews should be right every time. You just can't get reviews wrong. But I go back to that Newcastle game when Tom Talau was awarded a try and they went replay after replay to see if Jareen Buller batted it back, mm-hmm. and there was no conclusive evidence to say it went backwards oh, or yeah. forward. So the protocol has to be to go with the on-field decision, and they didn't. But it seems Mm. in our decisions, it just goes the other way. And it was the last game of the year. It's not just a bad year or bad next year. It's 12 years of no finals. It's most likely another year of no finals next year. Look, anything can happen next year. Yes, they could turn it around, but let's be honest. We got pumped by a manly team without their best player, Trebojevic, I know we were missing players, but their best player, Trebojevic, Ruben Garrick's up there in their top five players. And maybe Aaron can help me out here. Where did Manly finish? 11th or 12th? Like, it wasn't even like they're in the top eight. Okay, so we got towed up by the 12th place team. We've won eight games out of 48. So the, the reality is, unless there's an absolute miracle that happens at Concord next year, it's going to be hard to win a lot more games. I mean, if we win 10 games next year, it'll be a massive improvement and we won't make finals. Like, what, what finished eighth this year? 32? So, yep. that's, you know, and if you had three buys there, that's 13 wins and three buys. So, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, I shouldn't say what I say, but you know what? It's nothing to do with rugby league, Josh, but look, we live in the best country in the world, but at the same time, we're run by minorities. Everyone wants to tell you how to be, how to act. Everyone wants to kill everyone's personality. They're not going to do that to me. I'll, I'll just be me. And if you don't like my social media, just unfollow it. Don't teach me how to act. I'm in my late 50s. I'll do what I want to a reasonable degree. And if I call someone a rude word to a female, I'm going to say the same kind of rude word to a bloke as well. You want to see my tweets about Ashley Klein or Adam G or any of these blies when they've screwed us over? Like, I, I go hard. It's I'm actually not being sexist. I'm being the opposite. I'm treating everyone equally. I'm fucking mm. bagging the shit out of everyone. So, yeah. You know, I was just frustrated. I, and if, I, I, I knew it. I know, I know it's wrong and I know it's rude and I know they're humans, but I'm not going to their pay. I'm not going, I'm not sending, you know, Belinda, whatever her name is, a text or they don't know what I what I tweet or what I don't tweet, but it's these stupid mm. fucking do-gooders that just want to, you know, put you in a basket if you don't behave how they want. So if you don't agree with a certain thing, you're a sexist or you're a racist or you're yeah. a homophobe, or you're this, or you're that, and they want to give you that cancel culture shit, and they're not doing it to me, mate. That, I'll be who I want. If they don't like it, they can get stuffed. You know, it's really simple. Mm. And it'd be hypercritical. I wasn't going to make you, like, I didn't expect you to apologise or anything, because the reason why you've become a cult hero and so popular on this show is because you say how you feel and passionately behind it. Um, 
and yeah, that's why people love it. A lot of people agreed. Gosh, there's there's agreed lots of us like years. we're the majority. We're like the, the people. Like I reckon, look, I'm being super minimum here. Fifty percent of the fan base want change, minimum. Maybe sixty-five or even seventy percent. And you know, with our podcast, we've you know whether it's willingly or unwillingly, the three of us have become spokesmen for trying to advocate mm. change. Like right now, like look, let me tell you something, guys. I mean, you know, and it's not a nice feeling, but you know, pretty much ninety-nine percent of the people within Concord hate my guts okay they hate everything that comes out of my mouth even people that i thought were my friends okay unfollowed me on social media don't talk to me don't contact me anymore you know people i considered lifelong friends okay so if that's how they feel that's fine but i just don't get how they don't see how how poor we are and for all the embarrassment we've had and it's it's not real i'm not really having a go at manly but when I see Daily Cherry Evans pass the ball in the end goal to Jake Trebojevic and then mm. Jason Saab pass the ball to, I forget what his name is, the hyphenated name, num- yeah. number 14 or whatever it is. And, and like I said to you the other week, Josh, how many players score their first try against us? Okay, it's always it's always us. But when I see that, that's under 10 stuff, mate, that you see it yeah. down at King George at Roselle on a Sunday morning. Under mm. 10s, passing the ball in the end goal. And that's just like, I'm, I'm trying to sit there and be cool, but that's for, for me personally, that's like stabbing me in the heart. And if I'm feeling like that, I know mm. there's at least a lot of people that think like me feeling the same way, thinking, wow, how humiliating is that? So if I was on the coaching staff, and I'm no coach, but if I was on the coaching staff, I've got those two tries on fucking loop every time we play Manly for the next decade. Okay. Mm. Every time, if we ever get to a position where we're in the top four and we feel complacent, just show them that video of the Manly tries where they just rubbed it in our face and treated us like fucking 10-year-olds, okay? And that's, that's you know, pride isn't about rainbow colours on a jersey, mate. Pride is about having a fucking go every week. And and this team needs to show pride every week and not turn up stumps. Like the girls today, they fucking had a red-hot crack and they were missing everyone. And their defence on the try line was so admirable. They looked like they were going to fall apart all second half and they hung on and they hung on and they hung on. They didn't get the win. But I was so proud of how they hung in there. The other night, we missed 61 tackles. I mean, they look, Benji's had them up for a long time. I, I accept that they wanted the season to be over. It's, it wasn't going to change anything. But, you know, we had two blokes in, Josh and Kit, making debuts. And that's how they're going to remember their de- de- debut, getting fucking pumped by 40-odd points. It's, you know, it's a, it's just not fun as a supporter. And, and we knew we were going to lose. Like, it, it's just, I don't know, man. We say the same shit every week. It's... It's not going to change. It's just it's just a matter of trying to keep our sanity. But I'll always go for the team. I'll always love the team. But it's very hard to love the team when you're hated by people that you don't hate. Like, I get Hadjipantelis and Pasco and these idiots on the board hating us. But when there's other mm. people in there that that kind of, you know, they don't like you and, you, and you've loved them and supported them, supported them all your life, it's, it's mm. just, it's a, you know, it's a bitter pill to swallow. But... You know, we love the colours, we love the team. We're not going to change. We're not going to go for another team. And we're not going to – we're going to keep pushing until we do get some change. And eventually it's got to happen. These guys just can't keep being in denial. The, the board has to change. It's not just Pasco. Pasco goes as a start, but we need we need multiple people to go off that board. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as anything to add on that? Um, Just on the whole situation with the referee – 
I feel uh, the main the main issue, um, obviously not the gender, nothing like that. I I feel the main issue was the speed of the game. Uh, yep. It was mm. just difficult for her to keep up. Um, like it's one thing being a being a touchy for like as a woman, it's one thing being a touchy for a men's game because you're you're just running up and down a sideline. Um, obviously, that still has its difficult parts and everything like that. But it's a it's a whole new kettle of fish. Uh, being in the middle of the action um, when there's like a line break or when there's uh, like a winger or someone puts on a burst of speed, and it it can all be it can all like the state of a game can change very very hmm. quickly. And I just feel like there were times where she just caught out, got caught out a little bit, yeah. which may have led to some of the decisions. But in saying that, it's not all on the the main referee. There are still two touchies there who part of their job is also to pick up on forward passes and call them up. It's also yep. on them to pick up on other like bits hmm. of play. The game is broken errors. in this regard. Yeah, exactly. Aaron, that, that, left, that, that left winger that try that I was talking about, like, she got no help from the touch judge there, but mm. let's let's keep this real. Like you say, you're right. She couldn't keep up with the pace. I don't know if you saw any of yesterday's game. I think it might have been what's his name with the head? Yeah, I think it might have been Josh Curran for New Zealand. Made a break in the second half, got near the halfway line, threw it through a pass that went maybe a meter and a half to two meters forward, and the touch judge was twenty meters further back, which mm. is why he couldn't call the forward pass. We need, so we need technology. I don't, I don't want anyone to think we're saying that. Oh, you know, women can't keep up with the game. There's men that can't keep up with the game too, mate. And that's that's a bloke on the sideline. And and the guy looked 120. The guy shouldn't shouldn't have a fucking flag anyway. And that was in the New Zealand Titans game yesterday. So mm. it's it's not about it's about being good enough. It shouldn't be about just giving a job. Like sure. like I said, I thought, I thought Badger did a good job today. She did a very good job, and she mm. looked like she had the confidence. She didn't miss a beat. And mm. she's entitled to make mistakes. She's more she experience. Yeah. So it's just about putting the best people in in for the job. And if and if a woman's the best person for the job, put her in. If the man's the best person for the job, put her in. Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, I was just frustrated, man, because it was even one of those tries in the first half. Doreen Buller knocked a pass down from Jason Saab, and she didn't like on the run wave her fist and say six again. It was like she was watching watching yeah. the game. Hey, don't watch. Call the game. It's six to go. You know, they, she she totally missed it. Like, I just think she was like a deer in headlights. She just yeah. really got. You know, she was uh, overwhelmed by the by the occasion. She'll be better for the experience, but I, yeah. I don't think she'll ever do a first grade game for at least another couple of years. Not not in the middle. She she'll probably be a touchy, but yeah, um, yeah the difference yeah, between think... her and her and Badger were chalk and cheese. The the whole tweet yeah. thing, Rob. It's just I I knew knowing you what you were trying to say, and it's just the whole. Um, it was more more the way you said it, and the way you've said it yeah, no, I should, tonight. I said it you, like, you, can, you, can, you can't fit it obviously in a tweet, but no, I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't have said it. But the thing is, Josh, you know, there, there's I got more people saying keep it, keep it up, and keep fucking having yeah. a go than people saying it was bad. And and I can't please everyone, and I'm not I'm not there to please everyone, mate. I, like we're here to yeah. talk about West Tiger stuff, and every week we seem to talk about management or this or that. You know, the good thing. Uh, guys, is since all that legal crap, the West Tigers haven't been in the media for a week and a half. It's actually been clean and it's been good. And let's hope it stays like that. And if things were better, as we've said many times, we'd be talking about rugby league more. But seriously, we could do a podcast in three minutes. You could get the two ads out of the way, 
and I could say Tristan Riley was fantastic till he came off, and it was nice to see Josh Valetti make a couple of good runs, and there are a handful of other good players like Appy Corusau, and there's nothing else to talk about that's positive. The rest of our, our discussion of the game is going to be about the negativity, and I don't want to do that, but that's what, that's what we're faced with every week, whether it's a consolation loss or a thrashing. We have to break down the game, and it's not fun saying, you know, Joe X played shit. Or, you know, or Jimmy Y played shit. But, you know, we had one guy miss over a dozen tackles and he's been working his ass off the last three or four games. So it's it's not fun to do, but we, we can't sugarcoat it and say, oh, it's okay. It was last game. It'll be better next year. Is it? Do mm. we know that? <laughs> We're here to discuss it. You know, so you say bad shit and they say, oh, he's always fucking negative. Well, don't come 17th and don't come 16th and we can be a bit more positive, can't we? Absolutely. Just on the um, to put a lid on the whole sexism um, thing, and we'll get back to the the game itself. It's just in terms of um, cancel culture and that sort of thing. Like it pisses me off too, Rob. Like I had people, um, and look, my political stance. I wouldn't call myself conservative. I wouldn't call myself uh, a lefty either, because I've had arguments with. People right wing, left wing, I kind of um, take everything kind of uh, play play the ball as it comes to you, sort of thing. Uh, when it comes to political things, I don't think you really should side too far one way or the other. But like someone the other day told me I was racist for like one of my favorite shows, Summer Heights High, Hey, Hey, Saturday is a love back in the day. The 12th man, like someone was trying to tell me saying, Oh no, we shouldn't listen or watch those things anymore because um, they're they're racist. And I'm like, they're some of my favorite things. They have not had like 12th man is like one of my most favorite things ever. And they're saying, Oh, we shouldn't be listening to 12th man albums because the, the, the surnames where you know how he takes a piss out of yeah. surnames but he does it for like nip the car and sue ridge pipe like he does it and he's like oh they're, they're race racial connotations it's like he's not labeling them like they're not racist names like he calls he's just literally turning names from um what they sound like into english like funny phrases like rubbish binny and like shit like that it's not like he's having a go at someone's race and it just annoy it does annoy me when people um they they try to especially it's let's be honest it's white it's it's mostly white white people coming out in the whole i know i've gone on a massive tangent here because we've gone from sexism to racism mate it's people that have got no life that's what it is yeah no humor they got no life and they want to put you in a box and they want to like you summed it up, cancel culture. That that's what it is. Yeah. Like you don't have a sense of humor. If you can't laugh at things, I'm I'm friends with every race. I'm not racist. I've got look, I mean, my background is Lebanese. And if you know about Lebanon and Israel, mate, they're like arch enemies. And like three of my best mates are Israelis and Jews. We don't talk about politics. We don't, we're just good mates. We're and that's that's how it is. I'm not the sort of person where no one's welcome in my house, or you know, if you support this or you support that, you're not welcome. But you just can't say anything, mate, without people jumping down your throat. And I guess that's part of, you know, if you've got a few thousand people listening to the podcast, you're not going to keep everyone happy. But at the same time, you know, we, we can't just, I don't know, man, I just think you've got to have your own personality and, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe not to go to extremes. I was, I was probably very extreme the other night. But if, if people go back and see, like I said, what I've said about male referees and, 
and that's probably wrong too. I, I get that. I shouldn't be I shouldn't mm. be calling out referees and stuff like that, but I do. And yeah, I, I did the other night, and yeah, I, I do partially regret it. But at, at the end of the day, I did it, and you know, I thought about it, and I thought, will I say this? And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I don't care. So anyway, it's done now, mate. It's not Kathy, a big deal. Kathy said on Facebook, you can't have a sense of humor and be woke. I hate that whole woke. Thing. Like the the whole the word woke. Well, that, that's what that's what got my that's what got everyone's eye. Up yeah, that word. I basically said kind of, F, F yeah. woke and and whatever whatever. And it was and uh, yeah, if I wanted to put it properly, I probably should have said the best person should be refereeing right now. But I guess from yeah. the referee's point of view, you know they've got a they've got a trial referees to see how they go in a dead rubber, just like we've got to see how Josh Valetti or Tristan Riley goes or Kit or whoever plays, like we're trialling things knowing that that might not be our best player, but we need to blood them. And I'm guessing the referees did the same. But, man, when you see, like, mistake after mistake after mistake, and then obviously, like, you know, my blood's percolated to up here when these blokes are passing the ball to each other in the end goal, and I'm just like, man, how do I stop this? Like, it's just, yeah, anyway. Hmm. And to counter, just to... On the whole racism thing, that does, that's not to say that I don't think that I'm um, that I think that there's no racism out there. Of course, there's there's racism within. Um, I feel like the AFL is worse than rugby league, but there's definitely racism. We've had incidents um, of people being called out and offended at a race, Park this and there's year. there's definitely um, homophobia within rugby league, and then 100. percent like I think things need to be done there. I think there's a, a homophobic culture within rugby league that needs to be absolutely um, like addressed. And it's yeah, obviously that's a massive struggle in itself. And in terms of sexism, there's definitely there's definitely sexism out there towards females. And I think things need to be done in terms of um, getting rid of a a bit of a culture, a boys' club. But in saying that, in terms of our listenership, you look at all our comments here coming through live, and a lot of um, a lot of my friends who are the most passionate West Tigers fans, they are like are women. So they must be doing something. The, the, the league must be going pretty okay when it comes to sexism because the female um, population loves rugby league and they love our show so yeah it's at, um we'll put we'll put a lid on that one and um yeah to all the ladies even though it's father's day um shout out to all the ladies that do uh listen to this show so um as anything else on this game uh let's go through a few stats hey let's talk about rugby league itself uh 47% possession for the west tigers 81% Wow, eighty-one percent completion rate. Wouldn't have guessed that as. Yeah, that's that um, surprised me a little bit. There was a period where we were holding onto the ball really well, um, and surprising considering how much of the ball we had against us. And honestly, considering they scored ten tries, possession considerably more even than I thought it was going to be. Because um, I did have a look at the stats after the game. Uh, I was pretty upset after the game at the end of the se- like with the season being over and everything, and. Um, I had a little bit of a look through and yeah, there were a few things there that surprised me. Um, we were heavily dominated in pretty much every stat, but you'd expect that when you, when you lose um, having conceded 10 tries against you and more than 50 points, but yeah. 
Uh, some other stats there. Line break, 16-3. Jesus Christ. Um, look, a lot of these came... The second half was just... I don't know how much you can take from a lot of these stats. I know, Rob, you said the last game doesn't really mean anything, but I don't know. When it comes to the end of the season, I was just hoping that our guys got through not injured, to be honest. Yeah. like The, the manly... Uh, under 10 style tries and that sort of thing. Extremely embarrassing. But to be honest, I um, I just really wanted our main, not, not that I wanted any player to get injured, but guys like um, obviously Sean Bloor, who didn't get a preseason last year. I just wanted him to come through um, unscathed uh, from, from the game. As well, he apparently had back issues the day before, so he didn't have a great game. And we'll go through player ratings later, but um, yeah, he actually could barely walk the day before the game. So I don't, I'm not sure why he played, um, really. But yeah, he um, he really pushed through some pain to play this game. So um, credit to him, and none of our players. From I don't think any players came out with any injuries from this one. Not that they. Tristan so Riley with medial. Tristan Riley's got a medial injury. Does he? Is it? Yeah. Any idea what grade it is? Like, is don't, don't, know, don't know what grade, but that's okay. what they reported after the game the other night. But other okay. than that, everyone else came through pretty unscathed. But as you said, I mean, I just look—they're human beings. As a unit, they just didn't show up, and they and they've showed up for probably the last three weeks straight, maybe four weeks mm. straight, but. It was just surprising because he thought last game, a few fresh faces, they'll have a go. But I, I can totally understand why they why they're looking for next year. But at the same time, you know, it's it's still yeah. It's, it's a game and we're emotionally attached. Yeah, emotionally attached. It, you know, yeah. Manly aren't much top. They're coming twelfth, and we're getting pumped by the team that came twelfth. You know, so Bro- rugby league's just a game. It's not like basketball or cricket. Like in terms of you can go into a, a friendly or even soccer, which use the term friendly a lot when they play games. You can't really have a friendly game of rugby league. Like it's, if you're not a hundred percent committed to basically have zero fear in putting your body on the line, this is why I sucked at rugby league, by the way, because I'm an absolute pussy when it comes to this sort of stuff. If you're not a hundred percent ready to just unleash in a game of rugby league, Especially at this level, you just you're gonna get pantsed by the team that wants it more. And Manly playing in front of their home crowd, um, look a more talented, more experienced team. It was always and they, they had Trebojevic's uh, 200th game to play for as well. Yeah, it's just when it comes to these games. I mean, gambling wise, we should have known. I'm sure plenty of West Tigers fans out there. We're expecting this and put a few uh, a few multis on and made a bit of cash to kind of ease the pain by how many try scorers they were. But that's that's the thing too. Not to, that betting should determine things, but imagine if I was thinking this today: if Cherry Evans or someone he knew, or if like the boys were like, "Let's try and get um, Jakey a try tonight," like the because it's a meaningless game. Like, as if, do you reckon the boys are like, oh, we're really going to get Jakey a try here? And then someone's like, 
didn't tell someone, hey, maybe get on Gerbo for a try tonight? Because he would have been paying probably, I don't know, six, seven bucks to score. Well, I, I definitely thought that number 14, whose name escapes me, was going to score because uh, the previous week against Canterbury, when Manly got a penalty, and I think they went by the goal. That, yeah, yeah, they kicked a goal. Like, and everyone thought, "Why are you going for goal? Like, you got to take a tap and keep it entertaining." And they gave him a goal kick. And once he got got the goal kick, I thought they're going to get this guy a try next week. You watch. So, and I, I didn't, I didn't uh, follow my own thought there. But anyway, that that was uh, Gordon, by the way, Gordon Chan Kum Tong. Yeah, the cream is young, <laughs> young guy. Uh, fifty time, fifty nine. I probably. Get done, get cancelled for being a bit racist there, but it just no, reminded no, me. It reminded me of the Wayne's World scene. Um, don't cancel Wayne's World. Fuck you if you want to cancel Wayne's World. One of my favourite movies ever. Uh, Fifty nine missed tackles, seventy eight percent in defence. That's one, one more than one in five tackles. So every set, basically, mathematically, like I said, six. It's not quite every set, but. 78% defense is just, uh, man, if you're under 10s defended like that, you'd um, be disgusted in them. But yeah, to see attack as well, it's just boring. Just a shit game of rugby league. I hate that we're discussing it still, to be honest. Um, we have to, mate. Otherwise, what are we yeah, going to talk It's our about? job, of course. But um, we'll have some more fun in the offseason. Uh, top tacklers, Twally, 36 with two missed tackles. Jackie Simpkin, 35, but missed five. Uh, Puppy made 27, but missed 10. 10 tackles alone. Um, yeah, I don't know. Puppy, the last, the whole thing that came out, he wants to go back to Parramatta and that sort of thing. I really hope that it's just, look, there's nothing to play for. Uh, and he was just, yeah, just trying to get, to the off season, hopefully. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't want to make any judgments on any of our players based on this game at all. I reckon just put this game in the bin. Uh, tackle breaks. Apicoros. I mean, I mean, you can form an opinion on Apicoros now that the guy just doesn't know how to not keep trying. Uh, same with Drew and Buller. One hundred sixty-seven run meters. David Clemmer, two weeks in a row, top. Uh, post-contact meters, he had 58. And then only a line break to Talon De Silva, Api Corosau, and uh, Kepaoa. And that does it. Anything else before we move on, guys, on this game? Oh, I don't think we've talked about it, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, okay. No, let's, let's whatever. Let's just, I've, got a bit more, I've got a bit more to say, but I'll save it for the player ratings because it's about the players. Yeah, true. And this is what... Well, thought of that i realized i haven't actually put them on the graphic i'm gonna have to read them read them live but um look i'm shit at technology but a place that isn't is mobile corp so they can help you with everything it for your business their networks and their mobile your mobile devices if you're a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with it issues make sure you have cyber security in place handle all your mobile device needs and then mobile corp can help Mobile Corp is a family-run business and a long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Reach out to Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. And a big thank you to them for supporting us through the whole season this year. And I've, I'm on a shocker tonight, as this is why I don't do weekends. The NRL 
W we're going to discuss here, and I forgot completely forgot because I did all these graphics last night. The girls played uh, today. The scoreline in that one was 14, 16 to four. Sixteen to four. I was going to say fourteen to six. I've got my numbers round the wrong way. Um, look, you're an NRLW uh, representative. Uh, how do you summarize the girls' game today? Yeah, look, I'll I'll start by saying the season's over. Unfortunately, they're now um, four points adrift of fourth place with um, two games to play and with other results to come from other games in the last two rounds. It's going to be impossible for them to make the finals. So what had, what was a very promising start has been uh, crueled. But I will say the girls today, they played with a lot of heart and a lot of effort. Um, we had periods of the game where we just had constant ball on our line and they defended as resolutely as they possibly could. Um, the fact that the score was basically 10-6, I believe, for quite some time uh, said something to how well they defended. Um, we just didn't really get many opportunities. And when we did get opportunities, we couldn't capitalize on them. And I, I have a feeling, like Rob said in the Discord at one point, that a lot of that was due in part to the fact that um, the more defense you have to do, the harder it is to like actually get at it, get off your line and attack. And yes, some errors at important times crueled them. Um, I can't fault the girls, though. We had so many players out of our first choice 17. The fact that we had one of our development players in as the number seven today uh goes to show just how decimated by injuries we've been. Um, like, I can name off the top of my head five players from our starting 17s so far this season that we're missing today. Um, most of those players have been in all the games so far. So, like, Sarah Tokatuki, uh, Kezi Apps, Rakia Horn, Emily Curtin, all four of those girls have been in every game we've played so far this season, um, except I think Emily might have missed last week as well as this week. Uh, and the other one was Lazana Lutu, who just keeps mm. um, copying some very unfortunate injuries yeah. as well. And she was now missing a, too. So like, that's a, a lot of our, fan. yeah, that's a lot of our, that's a lot of our side right there. Um, a lot of our experience, obviously I said, I mentioned last week, the amount of games that Kezi and Sarah and Rakia have all played. And yeah, that's just all our experience going down the drain mm. when with all those girls out. So we had a young side, we had an inexperienced side, but they played with heart. They played with effort. They, they'll take some learnings from this season. Um, obviously they've still got two more games to go, but they'll come back better and stronger next year. Is it just because I pay attention more to the West Tigers than anyone else, but do we seem to just have key injuries, both the boys and the girls, just always have seemed to just never have any luck when it comes to health with players. It does seem to be that way, yeah. Um, men's side cops it all the time, and now yeah, our we lost side we lost Adam, we lost Adam for the whole year, early in the year. Um, we had Appy break his jaw. Like it's just, I know other teams, obviously Jerome lies, yeah, Jerome lies out for a bit, but I don't know, maybe it's just our depth isn't as good to cover for it. That's why you notice it more. Uh, what did you I, think the girls yeah. gave, Rob? Oh, well, exactly what Aaron said. I, I'd actually go further than that, Aaron. I, I just reckon they were really courageous. I They gave it everything in the second half. They were camped on, on our own line. Uh, we got a couple of bum decisions. I, I remember, you know, we 
goal line dropouts a couple of times where I thought we could have got a 20-metre tap and a seven-tackle set, one in particular where Tess Staines was tackled into the, to, to the ball that made it go dead. Um, and they just put so much into holding the Gold Coast out that when we finally did get down the other end, I just thought because we were tired, there was a lot of one-out ruck, ruck up. So we were basically doing five one-up hit-ups and then, and then putting up a kick and... Look, they, they gave it everything. I, if you watched that game, you know, if it was, well, from the second half at least anyway, you would have thought Gold Coast were going to win by 20 or 30. In hindsight now that the season's over, I know there's two more games left, I, I really think, and it's, I'm, it's not a, a knock on the girls, I just realised how good our team is. Our team should have made the finals. We, mm. we lost a couple of close games, you know, a couple of late errors off kicks. You know, those games could have gone our way. Um, you know, we've seen Binda Kesiaps in another game. I think it was at the Canberra game. There's things like that. I mean, we've got a gun team. So if we just keep that team together next year, I, I think we'll be okay. So we, we it's, I'm not saying we've underachieved in a bad way. We've played well, but I think we're better than a lot of these teams. I actually think we would have smashed the Gold Coast if we had our full team today. So, uh, look, they're making us proud. But, yeah, to, to hang in the way they did that second half, uh, you know, it was 6-4 for a long time and then 10-4. And then mm. no, they finally, I think the Gold Coast fullback got a try that got it to 16-4. And you kind of knew there. And then there was only a couple of minutes left. And funny enough, when we were down by two scores, we started throwing the ball around. I'm like, <laughs> where was that Where was that 10 minutes earlier? But that's just, you know, that's just the competitive nature and, and wanting the girls to win. But they, they put in a lot more effort than uh, the team on Friday night did, put it that way. Benjamin Angus on YouTube said I'll be, he'll be at Campbelltown to support them against the Knights. Is that last round as next week? That's the last round. So week after week after next on the Thursday night, I've got my ticket. I'll be there too. I just wish. I mean, how many games have they played at home? Like we haven't seen. It's, I know. They've and had again, two... sorry, ask. Josh. Yeah, so they've had two home games. Um, one of them was the doubleheader at Belmore. They've got two home games to finish off the season, and this next one coming up is as part of a doubleheader at Newcastle. So we've got four home games in total, uh, but only two of them at our actual home grounds. That's what, I want to see them play at Leichhardt next year. Like, I, ho- I hope they, they get to play at Leichhardt and Campbelltown next year. And, and like double headers. I, I think I think yeah, double. That's what I was going to say. Like double. I, I think they get a decent crowd at Leichhardt Oval playing solo or a doubleheader with another women's game. But I really think if it was before a men's game at Leichhardt, you'll really get, like, you probably have the pl- place three quarters packed already, like, to watch them and just to see, yeah, watch the girls play in front of a packed Leichhardt. I mean, the men always talk about, uh, not that they've shown it in recent years, but they get a bit of a lift with the, the Leichhardt crowd so close and behind them. I uh, really, really hope that... Because, um, yeah, it just kind of felt like they're more on tour this year than actually being a West Tigers club. Like They wore the West Tigers jersey, but they didn't really get to do um, play. And I know Women's World Cup... Which is blah, a bit blah, sad, blah. For, which is like, and that's really sad for their inaugural season when you consider a team like the Raiders. They're having all of their home games, I believe, at... Um, at Canberra and the Sharks mm. girls have had multiple games at um, Shark Park. Mm. Uh, the not an expansion team, but the Knights have a total of five home games at 
McDonald Jones and one home game at um, that was the other the other game at Belmore. So there, those teams are getting their home games at their home grounds. I think Parramatta are another one that got a little bit stitched up. They got two home games at their actual home ground. But I feel like with the World Cup this year, that probably did make a bit of an impact. Um, it's a bit of a shame that our inaugural season was the season where grounds were taken up by the World Cup. But um, I'm I'm hopeful that next year uh, they'll uh, they'll fix the draw up a little bit, and um, with the with NRL teams being able to play home games at their home grounds for the entirety of the season, then hopefully that can see some more double headers. Like you can get some more. Broncos doubleheaders up at Suncorp. You can get some Titans doubleheaders up mm. up on the Gold Coast and us at our suburban grounds. But there is a bit of an issue with uh, the girls playing at Leichhardt at the moment as part of a doubleheader. And that's the fact that they're, I think it was mentioned on a recent the episode of the Raw. Yeah, it's the lack of change room facilities. Um, that I think, I, I remember it might have been a couple of years ago when the, uh, the Harvey Norman women's team, like the State Cup team, had a had a ga- had a game there that was part of a doubleheader with the men's. They had to set up a little marquee out the back that the girls used as a change room, which you what don't do, want to see at any professional for- sporting facility. What do lower grades do when they play at Leichhardt Oval? I don't actually know. It, it might be women's changing rooms specifically. There may be an okay. extra set of change rooms, but it may be like specifically for men. Um, maybe do we, do we not have like do we not have at Leichhardt the old change rooms? Under the Keith Barnes stand, we used to have change rooms in there. Why couldn't they be used and come out, come out from that tunnel? Is that does that not exist anymore? I didn't know that was a thing. To be honest, I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah, I just assumed were, it was. Well, gr- yeah. gr- Sorry, I've been was... in those dressing rooms as a little boy, so I just yeah. figured they, I figured they'd still be there. Like, I mean, I know it's not running out from the middle of the field, but surely, surely that's uh, yeah. that hasn't been redone. Is that so? Where did when New South Wales Cup? Or whatever play before first grade, where do they get changed? Where probably, do they probably in the same dressing room as the, the first grade, surely? So the issue is that obviously you can't have women like, correct getting changed with men. Okay, so that's the issue that makes yeah. uh, my dumb brain didn't click um, straight away with what As was trying to say there. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, just on terms of the the women's World Cup thing, was the World Cup still going when we played the Dolphins? Yes. Uh, yes, but the we had our other grounds. We would have had access to our other grounds by then. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it was down to like the final four potentially, or maybe. So why why did we have two. to play? Now that I think about it, I know I'm three weeks or whatever late here. Why why did we have to play at Combank Stadium when we played the Dolphins? Well, I don't know. Wasn't it being used as a training facility though? Yeah, but the surely they yeah, wouldn't. Who knows, who knows how many? By then it were, wouldn't have been. It was only, it was down. It was about the. Like did, final four or did, something. Didn't matter it? anyway, mate. Justin Pascoe had given our New Zealand home game to New Zealand. So and that, yeah, and that. I too, think. I think so maybe we could have played the, the New draw. Zealand home game earlier in the year. Should, the, I don't know. Part of me is starting to think maybe we could have played at Leichhardt, and they're kind of using it an excuse. Surely Leichhardt would have been available by the time that um, that we played the Dolphins. Like surely, I think I think maybe the the World Cup draw might not have been done before the NRL okay. draw was All released right. at the end of last All year, right. and that may have played a part in the the logistical side of things, where they okay. were just like, okay, this is 
these grounds have to be blocked out from here to here. And that probably included that weekend we played the Dolphins. Um, And then the NRL just decided to give us all of our suburban home games in the first, what was it, 17 rounds. Okay. Um, Just back on the women's, we'll preview the game Wednesday night and talk about the the finals games that's um, not involving the West Tigers, obviously. What's crazy about the NRL men's finals is no... Um, no Tigers, no Eels, no Souths, no Dragons, and no Bulldogs. What percentage of Sydney's NRL fans, I, I legit reckon that's 90% of NRL fans in Sydney don't have a team. 80 to 90%, yeah. Yeah. Like, with, with full respect. No, no fuck them. Um, no respect. Roosters, uh, Sharks, uh, who's the other Sydney team? Panthers. Panthers, of course. Duh, the minor premiers. Um, that's it. They're, they're like the least supported, them and Manly, the least supported teams. And then the big juggernaut teams um, aren't playing finals footy. So uh, I guess us, the Dragons and the Bulldogs, that's been the case for a while. But having no South, like, is. I yeah, think Penrith's crazy. pretty heavily supported, guys. But uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely... a lot of bear, but not bandwagons. Not no, 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 but the Rooster supporters won't. I mean, I, I've got mates that are Rooster supporters. There's no way they're going to Shark Park. But to not, to the, not to the level of West Tigers, Bulldogs, and Dragons. Like, we're tri- I reckon we're triple the size of fan base. Yeah. Penrith have gained a lot of bandwagon, and this is as said, and definitely kids. Like, I, I've worked, done sport um, with kids now in different areas of Sydney. And I thought when I was at West, I okay, fair enough. Penrith area, a lot of Penrith kids, but even um, in the inner west, see so many kids wearing fucking Panthers jerseys now. And it's just, I mean, we probably got a few converts, as you're probably one of them with Benji Marshall, probably did it for us. And there's people now who didn't grow up in um, the inner west or Campbelltown that watched Benji Marshall and went against their own local areas to become West Tigers fans. But, uh, just the Panthers, that it is increasing, and it, just watching the Panthers games, just how fun they are playing footy. Like that game the other night, but they didn't have. They obviously were playing for the minor premiership, but this wasn't an essential game for them. And just yeah, having the crowd rocking and that sort of thing, it is. I, I do envy them look it'd be it's better to have less fans and a team that's fucking got to win three comps in a row than four hundred thousand fans who um want the management sacked and have had what what have we had eight wins in two years so um and and yeah at like about like the same thing can be said about like teams that are fun to watch and all that in the warriors and the knights and both of their runs to get to where they are this year go the wise uh, I'm on, yeah, I'm on the Warriors bandwagon for the finals. Um, yeah, so am I. But if they if they lose, then my my backup plan B there is the Knights. But it's a shame that they're likely going to have to mm. play against each other in week two. I don't know. The Knights turning it around is do, does it give us? Do I want to Schadenfreude on the on the Knights, or do I want to think? Well, if the Knights can turn around, maybe the West Tigers can as well. Jacko, Jacko deserves it. If like Jacko yeah, is Jacko the Jacko factor. Um, I don't know. Growing up in the Central Coast, a lot of Knights bandwagoners. Growing up in the nineties, early two thousands, had a lot of Knights bandwagoners. Then maybe that's why I 
find it hard to support them. But um, right, player ratings for this game, gotta be honest, not great. They are the graphics on the screen inaccurate. I haven't updated them. Um, I don't think. I was about, I I was about to say that looks like last week's. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely last week. So that um, if you're watching watching the show as opposed to listening to them, um, take no notice because I totally forgot to. Um, I'm in off season mode. Not gonna lie. Uh, right, at Dane Laurie three point three, Tristan Riley four point five, uh, Talon De Silva four point one, Jareem Buller six point four, Junior Tupo four point four, uh, Alex Afar four uh, four point five, uh, Kepa Owa two point six, my guys Sean Blore three point eight, uh, six point nine for Appy, five point one for Clem, uh, Kit Lowlidi Low Lowy as help me out. Lily, Lily, uh, 4.3, um, probably E, 3.7, Fenor Pole, 4.5, uh, Madame Moore, 3.8, and Jakey Simpkin, 4.3, Alex Twell, uh, 5.9, and Josh Felody, 4.3. I know, boys, it's hard for you because you can't actually read them and you kind of have to listen to me reading them out. Uh, yeah, any any of those numbers kind of stick out as harsh, or I think Drew Bull of six point four is low. Like it's, I think it's rough. That um, look, someone uh, I'm not going to name shame them. Someone gave him a one here for Drew Bull, uh, but they did give zeros and what they they're, they're uh, very binary. They've done ones and zeros the whole uh, the, board, the whole yeah. across the board there. So they kind of brings so it like down a, a few fives. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I think Dream Buller in a losing side, you can't say he was a six point four. He was a it was a ten out of ten for effort. Well, I don't know. I think it's a bit. I think it's a fair assessment. Six point four. Yeah, between six sevens, fair enough. I mean, uh, you, okay. I, I look at it this way: forget his effort. Compare it to his other games where he's been sure. like a superstar. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, if you're giving eights, I mean, then I, I think you know, eights and nines, I think 6.4 is not yeah. too much Look, lower. If, if I got a 64% in a test in high school, I would have been stoked. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, no, yeah, the, rest of, it, the rest of it's pretty hard. I, I thought, like I said to you, I thought Tristan Riley was really good. In that first twenty minutes, he was all his touches and involvements were mistake-free. Hmm. Yeah, mistake-free, really good. Glad we got to see him play some games. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe Josh is a bit harsh, but I guess he's on that. You know, we said last Wednesday we were worried about Manly's right edge, and boy, they tore us up on on our left edge. So, uh, yeah, Appy tried hard, but again, I don't know how many tackles Appy missed playing at halfback. But you know, his his defense isn't the greatest, but he's his effort can't be questioned. He's yeah. He, he's out undoubtedly. Like I question him being captain, and he's put egg all over my face. He's been an outstanding captain. So uh, yeah, I mean, hard to get many good scores when you're flogged by forty. Uh, right. Some of your best comments. Thank you to I'll everyone. Just, I'll, I'll just. Have oh, sorry, as yeah, yeah. Um, the players as a whole. I'll put I the fake like numbers back we... up. I like that we played the kids, but I, I, most people who um, listen to this and follow me on Twitter probably saw my 
end of game, end of season rant after the game on Friday. It was a bit of a mixture of um, frustration, uh, sadness, and a little bit of an outpouring of the heart on the season as a whole. Um, I like that we played the kids, but I feel like the NRL is a competition now where it's a lot harder to do that when they're so young, which is why we have the lower grades. Um, Felity and Kit both played quite well, I believe, given the circumstances. But I feel like both of them are going to need a full season in Cup next year. Like, don't worry about playing them in flag. Don't worry about playing them um, in the lower grades below those, um, if they're still eligible for those. But um, if if they get if they get given a full season in flag time to adjust to the pace that the like the NRL and the reserve grade sets, then that will set them up for a better potential crack at the top team um, in twenty twenty five. And to an extent, I'd say that about Talon as well. But Talon might be one of those ones where we might be able to give him some games off the bench in first grade because he has that talent. Um, and it's a, a lot more apparent than some of those other guys. I just feel bad for the kids that got thrown into the deep end a little bit on Friday night. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Aaron, I, get what, I get what you're saying. Good occasion for him too. I get what you're saying, but I, I have to disagree. But I, I get your points and I get I get the meaning behind it. And, and you're right, they would perform better under those circumstances, but we needed to get their feet in the water. They mm. needed to get a taste of it. They need to know what they've got to do, even if even if you're right, even if it is for 2025. But right now, they got a taste of it. They they yeah. they they'll have a, a bit more incentive to do better. Um, you know, one thing I've always bagged our club about is we talk this wonderful juniors coming through, and we're going to be this, and we're going to be that, and then we go buy a bunch of 30 year olds and 29 year olds and 31 year olds and mm. play guys that are leaving the club. I'm actually glad that we played those guys. But I don't think they're the reason we lost by 42 points or whatever the difference was. They, yeah. they, we lost because I just think as a unit, we didn't show up. But they, we need to be encouraging. Like, this is what should have been done late last year. We should have been giving guys that were fringe players like Junior Tupu, giving them games last year so they're better for this year. Now, Junior Tupu is going to be better again next year. So I'm all for if we're talking, if we're going to talk this game about we want to be somewhere in five years because. Appy's not going to be there in five years. Clem's mm. not going to be there in five years. Bateman's not going to be there in five years. You know, if we're really talking about a future, we've got to give these young guys a go and see what they're up to. It was good to see Matamua get a go at lock. Everyone's mm. been saying he's a ball-playing lock, blah, blah, blah. He gets a taste of that. I, I'm, I'm actually happy with the team that was picked. I, it just obviously the result was poor, but you're going to get that. If we're, if we're going to take the sacrifices, I'd rather take the sacrifices... This year, even next year, if we have to, if it means we're going to be better in three or four years, because every year we keep saying in three years, in three years, in three years, and nothing's happened. But if we're truly going down the path of developing juniors, we have to give these kids a taste of first grade. So if it means copying a, a hiding every now and then, I don't mind, but I, I don't think they're the reason for the hiding. In saying that, Benji in the press conference, which I didn't play, said they tried to get Tommy Talau approved to play um. Yeah. So, and they they denied it. The league denied him because he wasn't picked in the nineteen squad. But that, that's, gonna... was he in the twenty two though, or the twenty one, or whatever was named yeah. earlier? Uh, okay. Yeah, he was. But they okay, they still wouldn't enough. let us use him. Yeah. 
because we we um he dropped out of the team at the twenty four hour mark. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't in the he wasn't eighteen or nineteen. Uh, I'm sure the, the update. I'm sure the um the Rabbitohs or the Storm or something probably would have been allowed to. But anyway, uh, thanks to everyone that's filled in the forms this year. Here are some of the best comments from uh, the yeah this week's one uh, form filling outing for the filler outing filler form filling <laughs> for the season not done just yet. We're going to do the end of year survey episode uh, not this Wednesday coming, but the one after. We'll give you guys plenty of time to. Uh, fill them out, and I've worked on that, pretty much finished it off. Um, so for those who haven't heard it or done it in previous years, talk about, like, uh, favourite game of the year. Not that there's many to fucking pick this year. Your there's, least favourite. There's only one in there. It's got to be only oh, one. I, I don't Josh, know. Josh, brings it, Josh gets the chance to bring out his graphs. We get to Josh, see graphs. I love the graph. <laughs> if I want to know what that is. I mean, most people are going to say Penrith, aren't they? No, they're going to say the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. He's be- I think beating see, I think beating Penrith was better. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, we were there. Being there makes a big difference in terms of my f- favorite result of the year. I don't know. I, I, let's save that for ten days' time. Um, yeah, just whole yeah, just whole whole range of questions that we banter about, which we almost jump the gun on there as well so um some more of that there you go a little little taste off the cuff from us there right our best comments from uh this last player ratings of the year uh matt button says philly eagles super bowl charge looking strong uh richard said thank god that's over would have been 70 if jareem wasn't playing uh, Steve said, players wanting contract extensions didn't help their cause. Disappointing statistics, and they failed the eye test. Um, Peter Miniotti, uh, once again, the ref was blind to four passes. I hope the NRL seeks out spec savers as a sponsor next year. Like, I think they need technology. They need some sort of GPS. I don't know. It's 2023. Fucking work out how to ref. Um, the ref was right there on passes. that. Josh, I will right say, Josh. Talking. Um, there's a, there's another podcast slash YouTube, um, podcast thing that Channel 9 are doing for the women's game. Um, that's hosted by Marley Silva and Ruan Sims. And I think a few weeks ago, they were talking about the fact that they trialed forward pass technology in balls last Mm. season. So I don't know what came of that little experiment, I guess, if it's true. Um, we have all the technology in cricket. Surely NRL can borrow something from them. Yeah, like look at look at like in cricket, for example. Look at what Hawkeye and yeah, Snicko and or tennis as well. Ball, ball tracking and all of that sort of stuff. Can yeah, do. and they don't have a GPS in the cricket ball. It's just done. No, with technology. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know the answer, but I'm yeah, dumb enough to have an opinion on it. Um, uh, I've got. The same name here, Peter. Someone said this. I'll find out one second who it is. Thought we really had a dig tonight, but as in so many games, too flat an attack and unable to break the line. Our wide-out defense still has issues with a sweeping backline movement. We just have to sign Bloor for three or four years. He is an absolute weapon. I'll definitely try and who said that. That's why you want um, to put that one in. Yeah, if you compliment Bloor, you get you get a start 
uh, in <laughs> these. Who was it? Um, Get your blow picture up there, Josh, instead of your own. <laughs> yeah, you're Josh Blornet now, so you might as well show the picture of him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll find, sorry, whoever that was. I forgot to update the graphic to who that was. Shout him out on that. Twitter or something. Yeah. Shout him out on the uh, socials. Doreen said, I wasn't pissed about the loss. Trust me, I'm used to that. It was the blatant forward passes that were given tries. I'm frigging over the shit. Given to teams and not asked. Tries given to teams and taken offers. Fuck them. Uh, when we end up being a top eight team, when this will be, I don't know. We wish I had a crystal ball. They can kiss my ass. NRL are corrupt as our po- politicians. I want that happy feeling again. Doreen always brings, I think she might be the most frequent one I put up here. She's very good at the comments. And I also asked for comments summarizing the season. Anthony Pecora said, a team that can grind Penrith defensively one week, then lose to the Bulldogs in another, doesn't deserve success until they find consistency. Uh, Matt Barton again. Good riddance to another horrid season. Can't wait for the cycle to start all over again. Maybe sign an above-average player or two. Hear reports of the boys training the house down and that Benji's a tactical genius before going 0-7 and winning a total of five games next season. Yes, I'm calling an improvement. Uh, there's a solid foundation of players. More help is needed on the coaching staff. Too often we have looked clueless this year and the the less said on management, the better. Thank you for the show this year, boys. Enjoy the off season and stay away from men in luxury cars. Okay, I won't do that. Read that last part. Um, actually, funny enough, I I can't get sued for telling this story. Uh, I was at the uh the, the dog lovers show in Sydney Olympic Park last week with my son. I had my son on my shoulders. And a woman at the stand said, hey, would you, like, said to my son, uh, would you like a chubba chup? Can I give your son a chubba chup? And, like, in my head, I was laughing my head off. Um, and I accepted it. But I just thought that was kind of funny. And I and that was the week that that had all happened. Yeah. I thought it was just funny that at the end of the week. Great timing. Yeah, Great that time. had actually yeah. happened. Um, my son took it and loved it. Um, Bobby Young said... The golf between our team and even the also brands of the NRL, let alone the good teams, is stark. The fish really does rot from the head down, and a, dec- a decade of decay has reached all grades with no success in any grade this year. The next and last bit to rot and die off is the fan base. The real damage won't be seen for another 10 years. When we finally see this club has attracted no new fans for 12 dreadful seasons, and our biggest strength, uh, our huge and passionate Supporter base has all but disappeared, died off, or just plain given up for their own sanity. Go the Tigers. Uh, well said, Bobby Young. That was very, very well written, that one. Agreed. Uh, Dominic Riordan, an amateur, amateurish club, makes an amateurish call on coaching, and we are not really surprised the results are shambolic. The on-field performances showed real effort but little quality. It often seemed difficult to imagine the players actually trained in attack. Rob is probably right. Benji will become more roadkill as the club is driven into the ground. I expect little improvement in 2024. Uh, And Stuart Sampson, he said it was worse than syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you want to support and take part in the show, join the Discord. Um, saw the boys notifications are popping up before they're talking about uh, what sport was it? They're talking about cricket. 
I believe. Something, would you say, happened tonight? It was a big bash auction tonight. The Yeah, the As... international draft for the men's and women's big bash. And then you've got the um, South Africa versus Australia T20 going on right yeah. now. And uh, uh, one of the boys, one of the boys, just put on there, guys. That unfortunately, um, some sad news. Heath Street passed away. Uh, he was only forty nine, and that just came up on our on our cricket Discord. Oh, is that what that, I honestly didn't read it. Is that what that what they were talking about? Heath Street. How long? Yeah. So if he's forty nine, he would have played what in the nineties? Twenty years ago, roughly. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. No, never do I. I'm a big cricket fan. I don't. Really, was he a big Sheffield Shield? Is he Aussie? No, an international player. He was. Uh, was he Zimbabwean? I think maybe. Okay, so that's okay. That's um, yeah. Well, um, sad news. Uh, Brendo twenty seven. The only question we got this week. So you do get to ask questions. Uh, each episode, Brendo asked. If you serve the club for 10 years, what gift would you request for your final game? So, obviously, in reference to Brooksy's barbecue, um, I don't know, on the spot there. I really should have – I tried to think about this today, and I was like, I don't know, Frame Jerseys, he obviously has – he's a millionaire. He's a multi-millionaire now, assuming that he hasn't pissed away his money. I'm sure he's – say. um used it wisely. He'd be a multi-millionaire judging by his career earnings. What do you get someone who can buy anything? What's something you can't buy? That... I don't know if you could call it a gift, but maybe ask for life membership. Yeah, but I mean, is that like asking? Well, I mean, you've been there for 10 years. I mean, what what, what other gift do you want? Do you want, you know, yeah. boots I, framed I or jersey framed or... I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. I think by this by this stage, I think Brooksy was just keen to get out, get out of the you club. Get, you get but, and um, you get enough of those sort of gifts, like the frame jerseys and balls and things like that from all the other milestone games. Plus, he's going to get another one of those sort of gifts at the Kelly Barnes Awards night whenever that ends up happening. Yeah, um, I'll ever think Shane's just in the um, one of our Benji Marshall. Members, he said he's just sent me an email, so I'll do that live, Shane. I'll open your email. I'll open my emails and read your rant straight from there. So he said, "Uh, oh guys, I joined late tonight. Wanted to say this. I'm also in my fifties, and that's probably why I agree with a lot of things Rob says. Uh, so much so that I joined this Patreon and this podcast because of Rob saying what he thinks. I love that I get to say." What I want on here also, keep on keeping it real, guys. Fuck the naysayers. Love, Shane. Nice work, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Um, Yeah, the 10-year gift. I don't know. It's hard to imagine being rich because I'm not rich. but And also, any gift, they've got to count it under the salary cap as well. I don't know. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Like voucher for Grappa? I don't know. I honestly don't know what you, what you can offer someone that can buy literally anything. So, tough one. That's actually a very hard question. It is a hard question. Uh, right, our next episode will be Wednesday. We're probably not going to do that live. We're probably just going to record that when we can, um, just with work and stuff this week. It's going to be very hard to do. A live show and set all that up so the three of us will probably do a quick 
episode, talk about the girls show, uh, girls show, the girls game incoming uh, next weekend, talk whatever news previews and that sort of thing. Yeah, preview the semis, Rob Shadamas, all your usual preview stuff just without, um, yeah, a West Tigers game, men's game to talk about. So, um, and then the Wednesday after, Wednesdays after that, we'll go back to live stuff. We'll do the uh, player poll there. And um, I, I, do you like my picture of Sean Bloor boys with his Mickey Mouse ears? He's heading off to Disney World <laughs> next week, I believe. So, um, much deserved yeah, so, holiday. Yeah, the players are all heading off on holidays. So, uh, safe flights, safe trips to all them. Don't get into trouble if you go to Bali. Don't do a pain house. Or well, was it pain house? Who was it that got shit in Bali? It was house, wasn't it? No, could could be any number of players. Monday. Yeah, keep the Mad Monday celebrations to a to a bit of a low, um, so you don't have any suspensions at the start of next year. Mm. That'll be the last thing we'd need. The AFL seem to is it better? The AFL teams actually get photographers. Or is their media just way more into Mad Monday? Than, their media I, way into it. Like, I, I've seen so much footage, without even meaning to, of AFL teams doing Mad Monday dress-ups and shit. And, like, I'm like, it's how does... It's a Melbourne thing, I think. Like, Geelong yeah. Cats have been doing it really well for a number of years. They um, exactly. even took the mickey out of things, like... Um, like other incidents in the game throughout yeah, the, the year. post, they the goalpost thing. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. They take the Mickey out of some of the commentators and stuff ups that the commentators make too. And they, yeah. they all just have a bit more fun with it. I feel like rugby league teams are getting better at doing like just kind of holding private stuff. Now I feel like touch wood. They are unless you're the bulldogs. Unless you're the bulldogs. <laughs> I feel, um, I think our, I think the West Tigers usually do like they do like Harbour Cruises or something. Um, I don't know. I'll ask Sean if I can get an invite. I'll be his plus one. Um, who knows? I'll go along to the boys. Stow away sure. in the suitcase. I guess wear a life too. jacket, Josh. Wear a life jacket. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll have a have an engine block tied to my uh, tied to my ankles, <laughs> wouldn't I? Yeah. Does does the CEO go on Mad Monday? No, he doesn't, but I'm sure he'll get his head in a photo somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, normally a CEO doesn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if Howes did. But, the good um, thing with our CEO is he's already dressed for Mad Monday. Oh, they went to the races. Jason said in the comments, they went to the races yesterday. There you go. I didn't see anything. I honestly wasn't on the socials yesterday. So um, I'm sure on the Instagrams, plenty of them. Or maybe they were just trying to be low key. Uh, yeah. You back any winners yesterday, Roberto? Sapti? Uh we'll talk about that privately. Yeah, okay. Um there we go. A little little tease. But uh fellas, it's a long one. Over a hundred minutes tonight to dissect a game that was probably arguably the worst uh, maybe the Cowboys lost, but one of the worst games of rugby league I've ever watched and it took us a hundred minutes to break it all down. So Thank you to everyone who joined us live tonight. Like I said, keep an keep an eye on the um, the audio only for Wednesday such Thursday morning uh, for that to go live, and then we'll be back on the airwaves Wednesday week for the uh, play.
player poll. So keep an eye on the socials for the link, not the player poll, the fucking end of year survey. Um, I'm going to go to bed. I'm done. I'm cooked. Um, <laughs> let's say good night to big dog. Uh, anything else, boys? I just want to reiterate what you said at the start of the show. Uh, being our last review, just want to thank West Ashfield and Mobile Corp for their support yep. and thank sponsorship. You. And hopefully we haven't got them in too much shit because they were going to bail me out. Um, other than that, all good. Just uh, thanks everyone for listening. And, um, yeah, we'll get together the next few Wednesdays and see what uh, how the other teams go in the finals. Yep. If anyone has an idea what you'd like us to talk about on the show, podcast at westlife.com. As? Um, yeah, I just echo what Rob said. Thank you to West Ashfield and um, Holman Barnes Group and Mobile Corp for all their support for the year. Thank you to everyone who um, has stuck by us as a, as a show for hmm. the season. Um, you're, you've all been in it for the long haul with us. Like We provide therapy for you guys, but in some ways doing this um, provides therapy for me. <laughs> um, Actually, although sometimes reliving them hasn't been fun or in my best interest, <laughs> but we do what we do. Um, and one last thing, uh, we didn't talk about this before, but uh, Josh, did you watch the women's game today? I didn't. I only caught like the, literally I was out, out for lunch for Father's Day. I didn't, didn't catch it. Okay. Rob, I'll put you on the spot then. Um, three, two, one for the girls. I only saw the second half, um, Aaron. I saw the second uh, half, okay. Yeah, oh. so I can't, I, I, yeah, I'd be, uh, good question. Uh, well, based on what you saw. Okay. Uh, all right, who was doing our kicking? I liked her general kicking. Uh, well, a lot of our kicks came from Pauline, but Brooke was doing a fair bit of kicking too. Yeah, look. Ebony Pry was going well till she came off injured. Um, I loved her service out of dummy half. I thought she was playing really well. Uh, yeah, I, look, I didn't really, I didn't really zoom in on who. Like, mate, we were defending the whole second half. Like, it was True. just, you know, like <laughs> even like you know, Tess Stains played well. She's on the wing. Like, she had to do a lot of work. There were, there was, you know, the girls just were scrambling and scrambling and scrambling. That's probably the best term: scrambling on our line. And you just thought nah, they're going to score next tackle. They're going to score next tackle. And we kept holding them out, holding them out, holding them out. So, look, I, yeah, it's just hard to really pick someone. But I'll, I'll, I'll trust your judgment, Aaron, if you want to read your three, two, one. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll give my three, two, one. Um, I'll, I'll give my three to Eliza Cialata. Had probably some of the most damaging carries in the game. Uh, two, I'll give to Jakaya. I was going to give her three, but she made an error with about five minutes to go, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to give you two now. Um, but. In, especially in defense, she was an absolute monster. Uh, there was one set where she, I think she made three tackles in a row um, in the first half. She was she was just determined, and that was after she made an early error as well. Um, she also made a couple of try-saving tackles out on the wing, which were really, really, really strong efforts, and as always, broke a few tackles and uh, made a few breaks of her own. And yeah, Pauline, her kicking game was quite solid um, and that's not something we can say very often as a as a team of as well as a group of supporters around the men's game. So yeah, it was really good to see a really good kicking game out there. She gets a lot on those kicks, doesn't she, Aaron? Like they're, they're big. She kicks. does. She absolutely reefs yeah. some of them. She does. They're like they're yeah, very uh, as good as the males. I know we're in fully overtime. As did remind me of something a thought that I did have just as something to think about before uh, episodes incoming. You know how some podcasts. They call their listeners certain um, 
like the the hello oh, sport like... guys. Hello, they they call them what is it? Bludgers and what do they call them? They call them something. Basically, they have a name for their fans. Like a, do you know a, what I'm yeah, talking a about? Rob? A nickname for the fan base. Yeah, oh. like um, I'm too boring. Thinking... I, I, I just call them Westlifers. Well, can we call them the 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 the, uh, the spleen venters or something? <laughs> something like that. Right, have a think about it. Have a think about it, guys. We'll have to think let of some know. body parts and yeah. Okay. Yeah, let us know on the socials. <laughs> have a think. The the listeners as well send send in what you want to be called in the um to the email. Punters and dribblers. Yeah, I think that's what um hello sport. <laughs> no, no, that's that's what hello that's hello sports. We can't hello's okay. and hello sport. That's what they call it. The dribblers part that they've got us right there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right out, guys. Uh, to all our fans, love you. See you soon. And boys, as always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.